welcome to the Fables and Reflections podcast, where we reflect on any and all, on any and all of the fables of Neil Gaiman. I'm your uh, co-host Angela Bones Bullock, and I'm that other co-host J.D. Martin. And we are joined today by a very special uh, guest. Holy shit! Chase there's Aiken. someone else here. There, there is. Uh, we can see him. You. <laughs> You listeners cannot until you can hear him in a second. Uh, welcome, Case Aiken. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you both for having me here. Uh, it, it's such a, a lovely mead hall that you've laid out for us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. I, I actually recently, for the first time, uh, tried mead uh, a New Year's Eve. My friend uh, brought this, like, $25 bottle of mead. It was in a ceramic bottle. Uh, it was great. Uh, that particular, yeah. that particular, uh, brew is called by the company that makes it is called Vikings blood B L U D. Nice. Uh, it was great. It was really good. Nice. Yeah. There was like a big mead push around like 2010. Like people started doing like artisanal meads. Uh, of course be, like, the year before with, like, spices and stuff. The first Thor movie came out. Yeah. I, I feel like, uh, well, it's, <laughs> So the reason we're 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 talking about this stuff, listeners, is um, we're talking about Neil Gaiman's most recent book, uh, which is Norse mythology, which is uh, Gaiman's retelling of the Norse myths, where he reread uh, the prose edda and the poetic edda, chose what he wanted, and then like made it into a a novel. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm curious to start off mm. with this. Uh, so in the introduction to Norse mythology, uh, yep. Gaiman discusses how he first came to the Norse myths, which for him it was how I think a lot of people came to the Norse myths nowadays. It was the Thor comics. And for him, it yep. was the early comics uh, by Stan Lee, yeah. Larry Lieber, and Jack Kirby. And then yep. that eventually led him to... Uh, a book called Myths of the Norsemen. And yep. I'm curious as to how we all came to the Norse myths. Uh, I mean, pretty much, I mean, yeah, like I knew a little teeny tiny bit thanks to Thor and mm-hmm. kind of cultural osmosis. And then like I found out this book was being released and like it was, uh, I think I picked it up within the first month. Because um, it was... Uh, Published in 2017, uh, early, and then, like, I read it. I completed it in February 2017, because I write when I finish books. Um, so, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it was, like, early. And, like, it also took him seven mm-hmm. years to write, because he would write it in between yeah. other projects. Um, just, like, a myth here, a myth there, and just, like, so over, like, so, so he, like, started writing this in 20... Mm-hmm. 10 around yeah. case how did you come into him yeah uh, that makes sense because it's it's very broken up yeah um yeah for me uh so so i was a classical studies major in college and i've always been like a, myth, a mythology nerd uh, mm. so i actually got into like norse myths mm. before i even got into comics uh which i think might surprise people because i'm like very much a comic book person um yeah. but there was this book i had growing up called mm. edith hamilton's mythology uh, which was mostly focused on Greco-Roman mythology, but like the back, like 
tenth of it uh, was like uh, here's a, a broad strokes of what goes on with like Norse Norse myths because there's a lot more in terms of parallel constructions uh, between them. <laughs> And uh, and Greco-Roman, and also there's like a, a Eurocentrism going on there uh, than say like Egyptian or Indian or any other kind of mythology. Yeah. Uh, so that's that's where I was first introduced to them uh, because at the time, like when I finally got into comics, this was like early '90s, and it was kind of a low point for Thor. So it took a couple of years for him to become interesting, and uh, I actually got into Thor comics by way of. The spinoff character Thunderstrike. Oh yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> where, yeah, where uh, uh, it's like, what is it? he was a like a construction guy that like Thor befriended. And then, like, yeah, he was an architect who was worthy, and then became Thor for a while, and then was given a mace and a vest. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because it was the nineties, so like he he uh, his transformation was just uh, I think shirtless with yeah just a vest. <laughs> No, no, he had uh, he had like a sleeveless. It, it was like a street clothes version of Thor's costume, and, and which included like a brown leather vest. Um, but it it was pa- pattern after Thor. <laughs> yeah, it was. A, no, I I I remember Thunderstrike actually. I I do have some Thunderstrike comics uh, from like dollar bins at uh, at Comic Cons. I have a question because I'm not familiar with Thunderstrike. Was he a redhead? No, he's no. blonde. Blonde. Okay. Uh, I think you're thinking of Red Norville, which was an attempt at having a redheaded Thor in Marvel Comics. Okay. I ask. I ask because uh, in the second uh, large arc of Donny Cates' Thor run recently, hmm. the arc Prey, uh, for those who aren't familiar with that story, uh, it's the story in which uh, Thor having been uh become king believes that it is the fact that he is king that he is having difficulty lifting mjolnir so he decides to enter the old father's sleep to act to enable to uh access the past kings and discover what's going on but in doing so that means he's going to release his old alter ego donald blake and he asks Loki to come on, to come in and basically babysit Donald Blake and tell him what's been going on. Well, the thing is, is that yeah. Donald Blake hasn't just been sitting around this whole time. If he's become aware of what he actually is and the fact that he is was created for a spoiled brat by a god, and <laughs> I, I just I just realized he's kind of like he's a little bit like an evil version of Neo because he yeah. finds out he's in the Matrix. Which is like this alternate universe that uh, Odin created for like when Donald Blake yeah, is it's like it's just a neighborhood like it's like it's like a per- yeah. picture perfect suburban American neighborhood that he walks in forever and it never ends so he becomes yeah. insane and when you once you see him he doesn't look like Donald Blake he's got like a black leather cat suit on and then he has like big blonde hair a giant beard and a scalpel and again he's human and he beats loki and he breaks loki's arm and he's like i'm now going to kill everyone who's held the name thor um which means we get like a great fight scene between like him and uh like doctor like doctor strange is running from him because doctor strange and throg why are you why why are you speaking right now you're not a co-host on this show 
I understand, baby. All, it's okay. All, all fables and reflections cats are unofficial co-hosts. That is true. Like, is I, true. I, like I, I have mine walking around my chair right now. <laughs> yeah, and she, and yeah, they're all producers. Yeah. They're like Roz from from uh, Frasier. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Just coming in like, hey, pay attention to me. But anyway, getting get, getting yeah. away from comics. But suffice it to say, Thor comics. Like has it had a huge impact on like pop culture mm-hmm. and people just sort of understanding Norse mythology through the lens of Marvel Thor and really the MCU Thor. Um, yeah. And so this is like a nice attempt at being like, no, but remember, it's different. Like it, yeah. it was heavily adapted in the first place to create Thor. And then beyond that, it has grown and there's all the comic book weirdness and so forth. So that if you think you know about the source material by virtue of having read a lot of Thor comics. Yeah. A lot of writers like Walt Simonson, for example, like brought a ton of stuff from mythology and actually like put it back into the comics, but it's not, it's not a one-to-one. It's not. Oh, very (laughs) much so. And and it's wildly different. Yeah. Like whenever the, um, the, the, or I, I guess it's the upcoming God of War game and they have the the design of Thor for that game. It's like that is like yeah, that's yeah. who Thor is in the myths is that he's this very large man with a with red hair. Like he actually has red hair in in the yeah. myths, and like it's described like here in in these in these myths that Gaiman has written. Yeah, like 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 in most myths, there's not a super lot of description mm-hmm. in terms of like how the gods look. Yeah, uh, you know that Odin has one eye and like sometimes uh has a grizzled beard and a hat and like a gray robe and like that's the only description you have. Mm-hmm. And then like uh Thor is like he's big, he's muscular and has a big red beard. And like <laughs> that's the only yep. description. Which is hilarious because then Kirby draws him as beardless and blonde. <laughs> it's like clean sh- totally clean shaven and blonde. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, it was, it was to it was to appeal, you know, children. You know, I, I, you know, it's like, hey, here's like this, you know, perfect looking blonde god, and not here's a giant red red bearded man. I, I, I personally think it's kind of like what uh what Kirby did with um, uh, two thousand one and Planet of the Apes, which he both adapted from a summary of the script. He never, he never uh, like he never saw those movies when he when he made those adaptations. Perfect, I love it. Yeah, I mean Kirby was just going to do what Kirby wanted to do. Yeah. Oh yeah, and Lee was going to be like, "Cool, I guess I'll put some words in here." Yeah. I mean we yeah. we know the fourth world, we know what goes on there, we know the Eternals, yeah, we yeah. know what goes on what goes on there. Yeah, which I mean, yeah, I mean in 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 terms of. Uh, Kirby's work, yeah, like the new gods, the the fourth world, and the new gods were supposed to be like after Ragnarok happened, mm-hmm. uh, which is of course where this book ends. Um, is is Ragnarok? But these these original myths, I I really like uh, Gaiman's take on them because he still makes them very uh, Gaimany. <laughs> <laughs> I guess you could say yeah, yeah, very gaming esque, uh, which is a word there that is going go. to be a, a a common a, a is going to be a common phrase throughout this show. Yeah. Um, but I was actually listening to on the way home today from work. I was uh, listening to a, an interview he did with the Wall Street Journal, like 
not long before, or I think it was like right after uh, North the book came out, and in that interview, he's at, he was asked like like what like what do you like how did you approach these you know because you know like like what what was the process of writing this because these are myths that have been told and retold and retold and they've been around for thousands of years what 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 did you want to bring to it and he basically said that he he's like i just wrote them for a he's like i had to remind myself that i'm writing this these for a 21st century audience you know i like i read them as a you know at six years old and they captured my imagination i reread them at 20 years old and they captured my imagination so I'm, he's like, so I'm just bringing all of that enthusiasm, but also trying to make them accessible to a lot of readers who are either coming to it for, for the first time in this age, or, or also people who are coming to this from either the comics or the movies and having yeah. them understand like, no, like, yes, you have experienced parts of the Norse myths, but this is this is where it all came from. This is, this is like the, the, the template that all these other things that you have experienced are drawing from. So uh, with, with, the, with his stated goal of like bringing it into the 21st century, uh, have you ever read like a translation of the, the prose or the poetic Edda case? I've read excerpts. I mean, again, I probably was more focused on, Greco-Roman mythology in terms of that component of my degree. Uh, but I, I've always been a nerd for it. So I've seen, I, I've read portions of it. Uh, and I have friends who went very deep in their, their studies on it. Um, but I haven't read like huge chunks. Um, but lo- lots of retellings, as as JD pointed out, lots of people have taken and tried to adapt it. Um, but also, I mean, the, our primary sources for it are also like fairly distinct adaptations of what the actual mythology of the era would have been like the poetic edda was written still a couple centuries after and the prose edda was written way after like the norse viking period that this is supposedly uh spawned from so like everything we're really looking at is still is already being interpreted through a christian lens looking back at pagan roots Mm -hmm. right because isn't because like i mean as famous as loki is nowadays he isn't he like not in the older Edda or like barely in it. Like he only shows up like after the, cause I, I'm, I'm trying to remember um, the overly sarcastic productions uh, on YouTube did an amazing like 30 minute video on Loki and how um, Loki is actually a pretty late addition in terms of evidence for just like him being around and being uh, in the myths. I mean, that would make sense. A lot of times, like, trickster characters kind of get warped and uh, reconfigured into mythology um, and uh, and oftentimes uh, either consolidated or have, like, specific brands sort of applied to them. Like, the way Hermes kind of might have been Pan at one point, uh, you can kind of sort of see that with, like, uh, any story about someone who was, like, tricky or weird in Norse mythology eventually all just becomes Loki because of Loki's popularity and ties to the, the later stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh Ragnarok, <laughs> like that, yeah. uh, and like trying to like backfill an origin for him. Yeah, because like is because like what I'm remembering from the from Orlick Scott's productions video is like there's a small possibility in terms of um, the reason 
that like Loki was one of the reasons that Loki was put in during the Christian era was like as a way to as like a kind of stand in not necessarily for Christianity, but just like to make sure that the those gods, like the Norse gods got their Kermuppins. Because like Loki as a character, as you'll see in um uh Gaiman's version, uh also <laughs> So, like, causes God's problems, but also, like, whenever they get into issues, they go to Loki to solve it. <laughs> um, there's this one, uh, it, uh, Freya's, uh, Freya's Unusual Wedding, that <laughs> chapter. Mm-hmm. Uh, Thor's hammer, Mjolnir, goes missing. And earlier in the book, when, with the Sif shaving, uh, myth... Um, which is referenced in the Loki show where he just like cuts cuts her hair. Um, anyway, so like at d- that story, Loki gets drunk, shaves Sif's head. Uh, Thor wakes up and is like, all right, Loki did this. Like, I don't need any evidence. I just know like fuckery is afoot. Loki did it. <laughs> Saves a lot of time yeah. to assume it's Loki. <laughs> and so, like, when he wakes up and his hammer is missing, he's like, okay, well, Loki wouldn't be stupid enough to steal my hammer, so, like, I need to go to him for advice. Yeah, he, like, <laughs> like, like, Gaiman puts that moment as, that, like, whenever something wrong, wrong happens, his first question to himself is, would Loki do this? Yeah. And if it's no, or probably not, then the next question is, Okay, then should I go to him for advice? And that's usually a yes. Yeah, and then uh, Loki then comes up with a plan <laughs> to disguise Thor as Freya. They go and like get through most of a wedding ceremony until Mjolnir is then presented to Thor again, and he just slaughters everyone red red wedding style from Game of Thrones. <laughs> yep, in nothing but a shirt. It it they make he it is mentioned there he is he is almost completely naked during this yeah yep. which I mean like both hammers are out <laughs> <laughs> both of them <laughs> just throw out there like both my weapons are on display today yeah 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 just uh <laughs> yeah it's like just very very like it's a long shirt but just like barely covers his hips so yeah like if he like lifts his arms up it's just boop just... and Loki just like yep. holding his hands out in front of his eyes like. Yeah, Thor. Um, yeah, let, let's let's totally get out of here. Also, can you please make a loincloth out of that the remnants of that dress, please? Um, but yeah. So, so anyway, so like, there's there's I know that there's somewhat of the area of like having character be this of like, okay, y'all constantly blame me for your problems. You constantly ask me to solve your problems instead of taking responsibility. So like. Uh, I'm gonna start Ragnarok and, <laughs> and and help slaughter you all. Yeah, like he he's he's like he is like I would say like at the beginning of the of the stories, he is very much the Loki that we know mm-hmm. uh, from the comics and the and the film adaptations, and that he is very much a trickster who is is still like he is still like you know mm-hmm. with the gods. But he loves playing tricks upon them and and tricking them into doing stupid shit. And then that leads them to having to come back to him to sort out the stupid shit. And but but 
really cr- but things happen to him gradually throughout the story which i would say start like probably kicks off with the with what happens to yeah. his children yeah he yeah so like uh i don't think you i don't think anybody in terms of like if they haven't read the original miss pop culture wise would realize that um Jormungandr, the World Serpent, Fenris Wolf, which we do see in Thor Ragnarok, the movie, um, and then uh, and Hell. then Hell, yeah. Hell, who is the main antagonist of <laughs> in in the original, yeah, yeah, in, yeah, in the original, all myths, kids. <laughs> Fenris Wolf and Hell are, are brother and sister, uh, with Loki like sneaks off. Because, like, he's married to an Asgardian, but, like, three times he sneaks off uh, for, so, and, like, fucks this giantess. And, yeah. Because he is, because he himself is yeah, Frost Yeah, which, giant. like, that, uh, Kirby and them kept, well, kept that. Well, but, but the Frost Giant thing, like, also remember, the, like, all the gods are descendants of giants. Like, the giants are kind of, like, titans from, like, uh, Greek mythology. Yeah. So, like, the, the line is a, a little bit more blurry uh, in that regard. Yeah. yeah, and then there's. Yeah, I almost want to say that like, whenever they interact with humans, uh, like on Midgard, I like I like to think that they actually scale themselves down to be, just like very large human beings. Like, I think when they're around humans, they they they're like six five, like like six six, seven feet tall. But when they are in other realms, especially Asgard, they're closer to like. 30 like like 20 feet tall they're massive large people and then on top of that there are also giants that are larger than them. yeah yeah like the the end of uh god of war uh most recent god of war is like when you see like all of the giants bodies like strewn across the mountains is like about how they're described uh in these myths um mm-hmm. <laughs> It's going to be interesting to see how they slightly alter uh, the Ragnarok story. Also, I don't know if Fenris Wolf is going to show up in the God of War movie, in the God of War um, Ragnarok game. Because Tyr, they find Tyr, which they re- who they reference like throughout the first game. And I don't think he's missing his right hand. Because uh, Fenris Wolf like bites off his right hand. Uh, oh well, that feels like a Chekhov's wolf scenario then, like, yeah. the, where like it has <laughs> to, where you have to lose the hand at some point. Uh, yeah, yeah. Because uh, other, yeah. like that's what people know Tier Four that he's the left-handed god. Especially all of us were sitting here like, oh, he's gonna lose that hand. By the way, Chekhov's wolf was my punk band in high school. <laughs> um. Yeah, but I think uh, just kind of circling back, like this, this as a work is interesting because it is trying to um, modernize what was already an attempt at having some degree of authorial intent, uh, looking at these myths that were part of a cultural heritage that was being slipped or like being lost actively by like the Christian influences of like Northern Europe. Yeah. Um, so every every version we're looking at is an attempt at making an understandable. Uh, form of information for people to look at and be like, oh, that's why we do these crazy things because there there's so much invested in the culture of, you know, particularly like like the the more northern European 
areas, but like even England, for example, is heavily influenced by it. English is heavily influenced by it. Our, the days of the week are based on characters from Norse mythology. Yeah, like, um, yeah, like most of them. Like that's the reason why in American Gods, Odin calls Right, it's Wednesday because it's Wednesday. Woden's Day. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, or Tuesday's Tears Day, you know. Yeah. <laughs> like we're all left-handed on Tuesday. Thursday, <laughs> Thursday, Thursday is like is one letter Thursday, away from being yeah. Thursday. Right. But also because different versions of the word influence things like the word for thunder itself is is off of a derivative of Thor. So like the our very language itself that we're working with is based on a mythology that was being lost completely because it was being overwritten by Christian uh, by Christian tenants. Hmm. So looking at looking at this, it's trying to do the same thing, like trying to make it so that we understand and that we don't lose in the MCU shuffle, like what actually was going on in in the mythology yeah yeah and something i i love the game and does as well is that you know like taking the three like really the three players we know the most odin thor and loki and right at the top of the book having a chapter just describing the three of the three of them and just trying to uh recontextualize them within the within the myths to make sure that we understand that like this is not the odin thor and loki that we know from the comics and the mcu the like these are the odin thor and loki from the norse yeah. myths right. that have been passed down from generation to de- generation and they're going to be very different and you have to understand that up which front. also like i do really like um it's it's actually a very modern concept for us to want to like find gods to be aspirational or like lovable or kind uh that's a pretty modern concept uh and in fact i know very 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 early christianity there was a sect of people where it's like like they believed that there was like the old testament god was an entirely different god that like they were saved from by the new testament god um which is like when i found that out that's pretty bonkers concept but uh there's um i even forget which chapter it's from but uh it's one of the many times that someone is trying to marry freya um and oh no it's the uh when they're building when they're getting the yeah the when they're, getting the, where they're getting the the wall around asgard built um and uh freya's real mad about it of course uh, and she says, mm-hmm. you are fools, especially you, Loki, uh, especially you, Loki, because you think yourself clever. Uh, <laughs> and she literally at one point just, just straight up says, I hate yeah. you. And it's just like, right. you <laughs> sons of bitches constantly use me as a bargaining chip. To, like gamble. Yeah. Yeah, the gods are I love not that good. She just constantly, yeah. <laughs> yeah, constantly calling them on their on on their bullshit. And Gaiman has said that she is she is his favorite. She was his favorite character to write because she was the one who was constantly pointing out that all these men were being real fucking yep. stupid. Yep. 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 Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Especially Loki for causing an Armageddon. Well, and the I mean the work. I think the the best thing that they do here is they actually try to show that there are consequences to actions um, and particularly emotional consequences. Like Fenris specifically mm-hmm. hates them because uh, they, they never trusted him and they feared him from the start. Uh, and like, yeah. 
they could have made him just a good boy dog, yeah. uh, but they didn't. They were like, yeah. nope, we, we better and find what, him. And what's, yeah. yeah, and what's even more hurtful in that story is is what happens with Tyr, because when they first bring uh, Fenris Wolf to Odin, he is yeah. a pup. And Tyr has, like, taken his muzzle off and is playing with him yeah, and, is, and is taking yeah, care buddies. of him. They're buddies. And, <laughs> yeah, they're buds. And then, and the, like, as Fenris Wolf grows in size and he just becomes this gigantic yeah, like wolf. the size of a mountain. And ha- and, way, yeah, mm-hmm. and it's just, yeah, which is why I also say that I'm pretty sure, like, you know, when they're on Asgard, the gods are, like, 20 mm. feet tall. Uh, so you have this giant wolf. And Tyr is like still taking care of him in a way like they're still buds and they still play together so when tear kind of like it seems as though it's more like a kind of like a reluctant agreement with the gods that they have to they have to bind fenris wolf that like there's a betrayal there and it hurts to read that because you've come to you've come to love the the two of these characters uh, being friends, you, you can you can please be quiet right now. I'm I'm talking. I'm talking. I'm talking right now. Uh, you have the two of them being friends, and then this betrayal by Tear. So whenever you have that moment of like, I will like I, when he says, "I will lay my hand in your mouth in case uh, in, in 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 this in this whole scenario." Uh, you're like, okay, this is gonna be like he's gonna lose that hand, and this is gonna be the revenge. This is going to be Finnerus Wolf getting him back for betraying him. Well, to, I mean, to be fair, also like Tyr isn't the one to like really betray him because it's like, but like he still is uh, an Asir god, um, and mm-hmm. yeah, like they're trying to bind him to like prevent him from like getting too much bigger and killing them. Um, yeah. And so they finally, like, the reason you can't, like, see the breath of a fish or uh, hear <laughs> hear the steps of a cat is because uh, there's several other ingredients. But, like, the dwarves took those things. Yeah, the dwarves the, the, used, used them. them to make the, the ribbon chain that binds Fenris Wolf. Um, and uh, so, yeah, so, like, they, they had tried to chain him up twice and he breaks it and he's like, aha! Uh, and then they finally come to him with this ribbon, and they're like, "All right, uh, if you broke those big chains, if yeah, you can yeah. break this, then you, then you are more than you are a certain then you are like certified more powerful than gods." TM copyright, yeah. but he, and you and you know, and we will not try to uh, try to do anything but, with you. But Fidris is like, "All right, I smell fuckery afoot. I'm still gonna allow you to bind me." <laughs> But, like, I'm going to need one of y'all to stick your hand in my mouth while you bind me. And then, like, if I don't break it, then you don't let me go. I then eat this person's hand, whoever that is. And it ends up being Tyr, who's the one, like, who's the only one to uh, volunteer. And Yeah, and the one who's also kind of been protesting but ultimately agrees because he's like you know my allegiance is still to yeah. the gods yeah. it's, it is still to asgard uh, and then which is unfortunate uh, and then gaiman does what he always does which is breaks your heart with a uh, single line which is a uh, tear closing his eyes and saying do it as fenris then bites off his hand just automatically goes like, oh my yeah. god heartbroken 
I had to ask both of you. Um, did either of you listen to the audiobook read by? Uh, I did. I have not. Uh, I. Oh, Angela, you have to. It's. I'll. I'll let you and all the listeners at home know. It is free to listen to on YouTube. Like at least two people have uploaded it to YouTube. It's six and a half hours. It's a nice brisk listen listening experience. And holy shit, whenever Neil Gaiman gets to like perform certain like uh large characters, like when he his Fenris Wolf voice is demonic and incredible. Yeah, they do some uh, like post production to make it particularly booming in some spots, like. Uh, several of the characters, especially the giants, they like put like a little bit of reverb on, so yeah. like it's really powerful there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but he comes in like this, and I'm a giant here, and it's so good. I... Like just like puts out his jet and in his and but his Fenris Wolf is like, I I just kind of a pop culture uh, comparison here, um, but it kind of reminded me of when Benedict Cumberbatch was Smaug. Oh yeah. Yeah, because they, they yeah. did edit his. They did it's edit his that, voice it's, a little it's bit. That comparison. My favorite part about Benedict Cumberbatch playing yeah. Smaug is that he he mocapped it. He did the mo. He, yeah, did, yeah, the he mo-cap did the mocap for it. For it. So <laughs> just him on the ground, just like <laughs> just just Benedict Cumberbatch just crawling on the ground. They even yeah. All no, no, all I can think, all I can think of whenever I see that footage is just I'm a snake. I'm a snake. I'm a slithery, slithery snake. It's, oh my god, it's so, it is ridiculous. And of course he's Benedict Cumberbatch, so he's just like giving it his all. It's it's hilarious. Yeah. Uh, my favorite story, probably, is the one where uh, they go to the capital of Jotunheim to the King of the Giants. And uh, he, <laughs> they do these feats that then just scare the shit out of them. Because at first you think it's like, okay, they keep yeah, losing uh, these bets that they're making. Yeah, Thor in the Land yeah. of Giants. Yeah. Uh, Utgard Loki. Yeah, yeah. Utgard Loki. Yeah, and he's like, oh, I'm Loki. Like, oh, that's yeah. so funny. My name is yeah, Utgard Loki. I am the Loki of Utgard, uh, which is the, yeah, the capital of Jotunheim. And so I love the fact that, like, they, they, uh, they do all these feats, Loki uh, is mm-hmm. in a eating contest. Um, the guy, th- this kid that they just pick up. This, this, yeah, this mortal that they picked up at the beginning of the story because he broke. So the beginning of the story is also pretty great on its own when uh, Thor and Loki show up at this, uh, this, this like home on Midgard and Loki and like, they're like, we're going to eat food. So, but it's like, but we don't have enough food for two gods. And, uh, Thor's like, fine, here are my goats, uh, grinder. And was it, uh, what's the other it's one's name? Like tooth Nasher. Yeah. Yeah. Nasher yeah, and yeah. grinder. Yeah. Nasher and grinder. And he's, so he kills both of them and then cooks their yeah. meat. And, uh, Loki goes to, goes to the boy and he's like, Hey, you know what you should do? You should crack up in one of those yeah, bones and uh, and drink the marrow that's inside. The Thor. And Thor and Thor immediately after that, like after that that silent private exchange, Thor is like, "Yes, we should all eat the meat, but do not touch the bones." And we're like, "Boy's gonna touch yeah. the bones." And of course, breaks the bones, drinks the marrow, goes back inside, and then Thor goes out and resurrects yeah, the them. Morning. But because the boy broke the femur bone, grinders leg is broken yeah. and 
that means that th- that means that uh, this boy, instead of getting killed, he is now going to be the the servant for Thor, and his sister is going to stay behind and take care of Grinder until he gets better, and then she will then join her brother. Yeah. So then this boy that they've just brought along with, he's like, yeah, I'll do a running contest against this giant that you have. Which ends up being, which, like, the twist of the story is, uh, because then, yeah. Oh, wait, we also have mentioned that Thor is in both, he's in a, he has a drinking contest. He's in a drinking test. Drinking test. And then he has two strength tests. He has to lift up a Barely lifts up a cat. He has to lift up a cat, and then, uh has to wrestle an old woman fails at all three tasks um loki loses his eating contest uh because they eat at the same pace but his opponent eats the eats the bones and the and the trough they uh the food is set on and then um Mm -hmm. the kid loses a racing contest uh against this person uh, who ends up being, so the racing... Multiple yeah, times. But, like, keeps going faster and faster, but it turns out to be, he's trying to race against thought. Loki is eating against fire. Uh, the cat is actually a section of Jormungandr, who is the, like... The yeah, world who serpent, is like, yeah. That surrounds Who encases the world. I guess replacing the eyelashes of the giant. Because <laughs> that's mm-hmm. one thing I like about these myths, is that unlike other ones, other like other creation myths, where the gods are just kind of like the first beings to show up, and so that's why they're worshipped, like Odin and his brothers actually build the world. Uh, they murder, They murder their grandfather and then just use his corpse to build the world so his eyelashes are the edge of the world uh his that's so yeah his flesh is the earth and then like all of the rocks and everything are just bits of his bone and teeth that have been shattered and just scattered across the world Right, and then the Midgard you know, Serpent is a like a rubber band Mark. that you just like, sort of stretch around it, like, yeah, like yeah. creating this, the, the, this <laughs> middle world in the Nine Realms that's just a, a just a big rubber band ball. Yeah, exactly. And see, also, I, I have to mention to you, rubber, rubber Band Serpent was my prog band oh, in high school. <laughs> that joke is going to get old very soon, and I don't uh, care. Well, when we're talking about Norse mythology, everything is kind of kind of a band name like yeah, everything yeah, yeah. can be a band name yeah. that's, that's actually a great like there's a reason why amana marth has like made a career out of just writing songs based on norse mythology uh, that's and that's Vikings. actually a great you need to check out this uh i forget their actual name because it's a real band that did the music for it but they monikered themselves uh the old gods of asgard for the alan wake game I, I, I know who you're talking about because a uh, friend of the show, Aaron Moriarty, was the one to mention yeah. them to me. Uh, I think it was. No, it was. No, it might have been Paresh, actually. But, yeah. I don't know. I have, I, I have, like, Paresh and Aaron have both mentioned a lot of music to me, and then sometimes it gets blurred together. Yeah. Like, I don't know who mentions who but anymore. But the, <laughs> the Old Gods of Asgard is actually pretty good. Like, they've, they made, like, a pretty solid, like, three or four songs for the Alan Wake games. Which, uh, 
listeners, if you have yeah. not played, it just a remastered version just came out, and Alan Wake Two is coming out in I think twenty twenty three, maybe twenty twenty two. Remind me, Alan Wake is that the one that's based on the Lovecraft stuff or based on the Stephen no, 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 King no. stuff? Yeah, Alan Wake. Or like inspired Alan by Wake King. is Stephen King, the novel, the video game. And Control, gotcha. okay. it's the and other control one. is uh, Lovecraft, the novel, the video game. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and, and by the way, listeners, when I say Aaron Moriarty, I'm not talking about uh, the actor Aaron Moriarty from The Boys. Uh, I have a friend named Aaron Moriarty. Uh different you yeah, yeah this is, is different okay i was slightly yeah. confused but because i got i got a text from case and he's just like wait like that one like you're, like you're friends with that aaron marty yeah. and you're like i mean she is cool and i think she'd be a great friend but no, I'm talking about uh, Aaron Moriarty, my wonderful friend who is who does YouTube stuff and streams occasionally, and is probably most well, well known to a lot of people as one of the hosts of the Thumb Muscue Show and occasional and Palette Cleanser and a lot of stuff at, over at Monchester Media. Go check out their stuff; they're fantastic. They also have a, gr- a lot of great videos on YouTube. Um, yeah, they're great, and and you can follow them on Twitter. They're still great. But, uh, yeah, it's just, it's, there's a lot of humor in these, uh, stories. So, like, the gods Mm -hmm. lose all of these contests, right? And so they're kind of, they're kind of bitter about it during dinner and just kind of, like, silent and stewing in their losses. Uh, and then the next day, Utgard Loki, uh takes him to the edge of his kingdom and they cross the edge of his kingdom, uh, and he stays behind... Uh, on the other side of his border, it is like, okay, I'm gonna be honest with y'all. Y'all terrify me because that was the cat was the Midgard serpent who, like, you dislodged a coil from the edge of the world. Um, the other one is fire, so like, you ate pretty much as fast as fire, so uh, fuck you, Loki. And then, yeah, and then you, this normal guy, just nearly gave thought a run for its money so uh i'm gonna move oh wait and we haven't even gotten to my to to my to the other two which was that thor nearly drank the entire sea right and that's why there are tides because now it doesn't fill the basin properly (laughs) yeah (laughs) yep yeah and the the scariest one is that the old woman was actually old age incarnate so thor nearly beat oh it's like it's like no one can defeat yeah. old age and like he only it, and yet yeah thor, like he only got down on one knee it, it only got him yeah, yeah. so basically ugart loki's like yeah y'all are scary scary strong so i don't want you ev- you're never allowed to yeah, come so back like, i'm gonna move my and kingdom <laughs> i'm also gonna make sure that yeah it's like i'm gonna make sure no one finds me so peace peace and just pops yeah, out of existence just... Yeah, they don't see Utgard Loki. They don't see the castle in the distance anymore, and they're just like, okay. <laughs> and Thor is like ready to fight. Like they keep he, like he keeps mentioning he's like he has like like a, he keeps gripping his hammer more yeah. and more, and he's just like has this like fire in his eyes. Like I'm going to fucking murder. Oh, and you. that's well, Thor is thing. always ready to fight. Like yeah, on yeah. the way, they were traveling with a yeah, giant that is true. Yeah, that he kept trying yeah. to murder in its sleep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
which who also yeah. was an and illusion then it turns that out was being that, manipulated like, so that like thor thought he actually hit him but he actually was like hitting the like a mountain and stuff like that <laughs> yeah yeah and like there are three distinct valleys and it's like those valleys are where you yeah. hit so it's like um yeah no y'all are <laughs> yeah y'all are i'm never hosting y'all again you're never finding me ever because you will kill me. It's one of us, honestly. It's like if we if 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 we did that, if if we had a go- entertained a god at our home, it's like, yeah, y'all are scary strong, and you're never coming back. Please don't come yeah. back. Yeah, which like also like that's that's like I I know at least not necessarily with these sets of myths, but I know a lot of myths with like Greco Roman uh whatever the the gods interacted with humanity. Uh, I know there's a distinct one in Greek mythology where Zeus and Maybe Hermes? I'm not entirely sure. Where, like, they disguise themselves as travelers and go around and, like, from house to house to house and keep getting rejected. Except for this, uh, this one house where they're like, well, we don't have much. You're like, and blah, blah, blah. And, like, and, but they still host them and are good hosts. And so they're like, all right, we're going to flood this entire area except for your house. So, like, uh because all those other ones aren't good people so like it's usually like oh yeah like being good hosts and everything like it's it's there's always some type of moral um i'm not 100 percent sure how moral these are besides don't fuck with primal forces like uh you know like in a storm don't like da- you know go out and dance around and be like aha fuck you thor quote unquote and then like you'll get hit by lightning um yeah all these stories have like there are there are concepts of morality like there there's the idea of like not being able to break oaths and so forth but it's always like the letter of the law as opposed to the intent uh in in all of these Mm -hmm. like there there's definitely a very twisted kind of uh legalese that everyone tries to use to get out of everything which is entirely loki stuff like almost every single story but all the gods engage with it too like the running theme throughout this whole thing is that the gods are all kind of scary bullies that everyone just kind of has to deal with even the people who are like quote unquote their enemies are like uh, generally speaking like not doing anything technically wrong and then the gods kind of show up and are like we're gonna fucking kill you and they'll be like oh i i I don't want to die And they'll be like ah well we're the gods so you're the bad guys in this scenario yeah yeah, and what's scary too is that like they have two different versions of the afterlife. They have Valhalla and Hell, and the only way to enter Valhalla is if you die in battle, yeah. and well, that's a- any other death is in Hell. So when the so when they're coming toward you, it's that they're either going to pillage you or they are going to die trying, and there's no there's no third option there well, for you. Like either you, like either you get killed or you gotta kill them back. And they're gods, so they're you know they can die, but it's yeah. kind of hard. And there's also the whole thing of like the the whole reason because like Valhalla is only mentioned once in like this collected version, um, but the entire purpose of Valhalla is to just gather an army for Ragnarok, and like that's the only reason they're hosting them. It's like I right, we need. We need a ghost army, like Lord of the Rings, to to fight at the end of days. Um, and otherwise, it's like all right, like otherwise, like you know, hell, you deal with everyone. Um, which like, which she's totally yeah, fine yeah. with. She's just like, I like playing with dead things. So this well, is she's also like half alive, half dead, literally down the middle, like one side. Yeah, like there's a great. 
there's a great description of, of her whenever like the 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 Asgardians are bringing her back to mm-hmm. Asgard, and you know there's there's two different like sets that are that are like that are like dragging her mm-hmm. back on either side of her. So one set like keep looking at her because they see a beautiful woman, and the other side are trying to keep like keep eye contact away from her because all they see is yep. a corpse. And that's just that's so perfect. I love that. Yeah, it's uh yeah, and they even yeah. Uh and like if you look at her straight on, it's like, you know, one half is like full of life and everything and the other one is just like yeah. It's two faced. Yeah. You're looking yeah, at two face. OG OG two face. <laughs> Old God Two Face, yes. <laughs> Old God Two Face. Yeah. See, see, like Marvel has all their old man, old man comics, like Old Man yep. Hawkeye and Old Man Loki or Logan and Old Man Star Lord. What DC needs is Old God Two Face, Old God Bat, Old God Superman, all all those things. That's what they have. They have there Old God. Yeah. Well, I mean, DC has the the Thor that appears in this. Like it, uh, reading this, and particularly listening to the Gaiman uh, audio version of it. Uh, the voice for Thor is so such a perfect match for the Thor that appears in Sandman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, like yes. the the rhythm, the the style, like and like Gaiman's performance of it. Like I I was shocked because you know like the it was like decades apart that he wrote these renditions of the character, mm-hmm. and it's so consistent mm-hmm. thematically. Uh, like just this wonderful dumb giant brute yep. that everyone's kind of afraid of but has has to give respect to because he's just that strong yep. uh and he's that essential yeah. to their world like he you know the when thor's hammer is lost the big deal is that it's the thing that defends them from all the enemies they made because they've made a lot of enemies because they're assholes yeah. and it's like well we better get yeah. thor's hammer back otherwise they're all gonna come kill us yeah. be- and we need thor because thor's d- the guy who we just throw out there to be like go or like go. the whole the whole thing with the master builder story the reason they're having the wall built is because thor yeah. is away and it's yeah. like well we need something here to to help us and thor's not always going to be around like right now so we need a I, wall I, I, I which love... what a metaphor right there for like vikings going off on a war party <laughs> yeah. and it's like well all the men are away so we're technically vulnerable at the moment yeah, but when yeah. they come back they're terrible brutes who are like awful to have around yeah yeah, yeah, because, like, the entire winter, like, they would just be, like, holed up in their longhouses, uh, like, drinking, uh, drinking their summer spoils. Um, I love the, sh- I love the show Vikings, which is, like, inspired by, uh, the, the Edda of, uh, oh, Ragnar Lothbrok. Uh, yeah, the main character. Yeah, yeah, of the it's show. like the main character. Which, like, he's like most likely a real dude. Uh, like, there's there's debate. I've always thought that he was probably a yeah, real person. Like there, there's debate, but like we also know his sons were actually real people. Uh, one of which was the most successful Viking of all time when he just went around the Mediterranean, fucking with everything, until he got to Constantinople, and they just busted Greek fire on his ass, and then he went home. Um, and then Constantinople yeah. fell. Well, like, several hundred, on several my hundred birthday. years later. <laughs> yeah. yeah, on my birthday. Um, but also, like, in terms of the, uh, the hammer missing story, like, they all are very dependent on the hammer, which, like, it's interesting how much that gets... 
out of all of his equipment, how much that gets uh, concentration on. Because he also has a belt that doubles his strength. And then he has iron gauntlets to, like, help him grip the hammer. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, he doesn't get the hammer until, like, like I mean, like, he does get the hammer, like, pretty early in these mm-hmm. stories. Like, it's one of the early stories in this book where he uh, where he acquires Mjolnir. Um, which, of course, is, you know, tied to Loki fucking yep. around. And, like, but, like, it's, it's so funny that, like, after he acquires Mjolnir, that is so tied to his identity yep. at that point. And so tied to just who he is as a god. And that, like, well, I mean, like, like in Thor Ragnarok, Odin makes the joke of, like, are you the god of hammers? And it's like, in this book, it was like, well, I mean, he kind of is because that's, like, that's the defining trait of which, him from now on. Yeah. He which is the god the of, cur- the ha- of hammers. <laughs> the current storyline going on in the Thor comics is literally called the god yep. of hammers. God, god of hammers. <laughs> Because guess what? Mjolnir has gone uh, missing. Yeah. I, I, I did, uh, although I did, I I do absolutely love that scene in Thor Ragnarok because it's like this ghost of Odin is like, and of course it's it's Anthony Hopkins, so he just goes, are you the god of hammers or the god of thunder? <laughs> uh, and then that's when Thor wakes up and then like this giant lightning bolt hits Hel, uh, Hela, and then he... And then immigrant yeah, yeah, song yeah. kicks then, in. <laughs> immigrant song from Led Zeppelin kicks on. So, so you just hear bubble, 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 and then just. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. I fucking love that moment. Uh, and then he goes and just like beats the hell out of out of uh, beats the hell out of yeah an army. army. Uh, just oh my god, I'm my blood pumping is just thinking about it. It's yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but I think what's that what that is doing there and was sort of presented here is that Thor by himself is the mightiest of the gods and like this this mm-hmm. terrifying force, you know, a big thing for him is that he's broken so many weapons by hitting things super hard with them. Yeah. Um <laughs> and, and here the yeah. hammer is the ultimate conduit for him. It's the yeah. like whether it's like conduit like from an electrical sense or just from by virtue of being an unbreakable weapon that mm-hmm. will carry the force of his blows to their completion without shattering. Yep. You know, like the, the hammer also, itself is he a clear analog to like the, the lightning bolts of Greek mythology that, that uh, Hephaestus makes yep. and gives to Zeus. Like the, so that there's that same element that lightning is a weapon, um, but it's still being wielded by a, a being of tremendous power and one who requires special tools because it's so fucking dangerous as a weapon to wield. Yep. Yeah, exactly. It's, uh, uh, but in terms of the importance, so Angela, you mentioned, uh, it just, in terms of the importance of the hammers. I also like, uh, wanted to mention like Freya who hates Loki's guts, uh, because constantly trying to marry her off. Loki goes up to him and is like, Hey, I need to borrow your, uh, your shape shifting cloak that allows you to fly. And she's like, no, and he's just Loki. Just goes. Thor's hammer's like, well, missing. The yeah, hammer's like, gone. I'm gonna go get my cloak. <laughs> she's like, All right, I'll get the cloak. Yep. Just immediately, yeah. she's like, "Well, like, like even even Freya is just like, I mean, I hate Loki's guts, but if he's trying yeah. to help Thor, I mean, I yeah. guess." Uh, so, yep. so actually, you you mentioned your favorite mm-hmm. story is is Thor in the Land of Giants, where we get all the yeah. tests and everything. Uh, Case, do you have, do you have a favorite story in this collection? Uh, 
I mean, of of all of these, like the the Land of the Giants is probably like the most true like story story. Like it's the longest actual like sequence mm-hmm. of events that take place, as opposed to just some fuckery going around behind the scenes. Um, I think that the Master Builder mm-hmm. is probably the one where it's just like. Uh, it's like, oh man, the way they solve the situation is that Loki goes and gets fucked in the ass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and, the, and the way Gaiman describes Loki as the mayor, just like it's, it's like yeah, very, yeah, very sensually describes Loki as the mayor. Yep. Uh, and then yeah. like, it's like and that's your like, plan. And then he comes <laughs> like, back with an eight-legged yeah. horse, and it's like, and then he comes back with an eight-legged horse. I mean, of course, yeah, because of course, and it Loki. kept roaming around like his his mother because because he because yeah. that was the case. Yep. That's where Harry puts it because yeah. that was the case. And then if anyone ever mentions that Loki either like puts yeah, the does, fear does of the gods in them. them, or he just <laughs> yeah, kills just them. Like they only mention the origins of once. <laughs> Or yeah. never again because they just, he just straight up marks yeah. them. Yeah, I I really love because it's 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 honestly a very silly story. I really like the fishing expedition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was... that with with tear with with uh, tear and, and and his father Hymir. I I really like that one because it it gets so it, honestly it kind of devolves into 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 yeah. silliness with. Uh, the way that like that Thor is going to like like the reason for them going is because he Thor needs to get is like has a bet going that he can find a cauldron large enough to brew enough mead and for for like this large gathering that another god is going to is going to hold. Well, so, no, it's it's a fr- and it's it eventually a, it's gets another to giant. It's another yeah. Oh, it's another yeah. It was like I like I fucking hate yeah, and like, guts. And, like Tyr is like the son of giant. Yeah. And so it's just yeah. like I, I hate y'all's guts. I don't want to host you. So like my condition is you find a culture big enough to brew enough beer for the entire pantheon's appetite. And takes and Tyr takes him to Hymir, his father, also a giant who hates Thor, yeah. but doesn't know what Thor looks like. So then he's like, no, 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 it's not Thor. It's Thor. Yeah, yeah. And then the the way it comes up is that Thor's like. I want your big ass yeah. cauldron, and he's like, "The only way you'll get my cauldron is if you break my cup." But my cup is unbreakable. And then the wife just like leans over and is like, "You know, he's a very hard-headed person." Thor's like, "Yeah, I know, I get it." And she's like, "No, no, no, you don't understand. He's a very hard-headed person." Thor's like, he "Just smashes ah, the board I see what you're smelling. And then he just starts crying, yeah. just like. I'll never be able to have my cauldron anymore, and I can't tell it to make me beer anymore. Yeah. And Thor's like, "Yep, yeah, cool, whatever," and just grabs the cauldron and bolts. Yep. <laughs> Pun intended. Yeah, I mean, a lot of the stories have the structure of uh, "I will only do this thing if this impossible thing occurs," and then someone finds a way for this impossible thing to occur without breaking any particular oath directly. Yep. Like there, so much of this is predicated on like. Well, you're not allowed to do it in a way that's very explicit. So you have to do some kind of fuckery behind the scenes. Uh, and I don't know. It it all feels like, I mean, probably more than, <laughs> than any other mythology that I've really looked at, where it feels way more one to one of like you could see the events that like played out that like turned into this mm-hmm. um, in, mo- in most cases, you know, probably like shit with the Midgard Serpent, not so much, but like yeah. um uh, 
who knows? We, we the thirteenth warrior has fire snake for that are just people. So whatever. Um, I, but, I do well uh, in, in terms of that. I do like there's a in in the intro they even talk about so like by the time most yeah of like these the stories, Izier and the Vanir are probably yeah we're probably warring uh warring tribes and like in reality and like eventually the Aesir won enough where like the video was just kind of like all right let's call it truce otherwise like we're gonna get slaughtered and like y'all are also gonna have a big dent put into y'all so like let's just kind of cross marry and like then there will be peace between us uh and then, like, there could have been, like, yeah, like, these people in the mountains that they then both put their ire towards who are, like, the giants. Um, it's, yeah, like, it, it's very, uh, yeah, it, it's, you could kind of see the possibility of, like, of, like, evolution of, uh, especially with, like, all these different contests or, like, the importance of hosting because, like, Winter that far north in, like, uh, Sweden and all that different places is, like, six months long, like, 12-hour nights, like, uh, or, like, even longer during the height of winter. Like, you, you gotta, like, buckle down and, like, be good hosts, otherwise you're just gonna slaughter each other in this long house. Um... Yeah, like you either invite them in or they'll find a way to get in and that will involve some death. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, yeah. So it's. Yeah. Mention, mentioning the winter part, like in the Master Builder thing, they're like, mm-hmm. they only talk about two seasons. There's winter and summer. Like, yeah, that's it. <laughs> like yeah. spring is the break yeah, and into like, winter. And like, like that's spring it. is a part of. Yeah. Like spring is like a part of winter. Yeah. It's like the thawing period before you get to the official, like now it's summertime. And then like yeah. fall is the like, oh, it's a it's a week before it starts snowing. <laughs> Yeah, and it's like, yeah, and it's like, uh, then that, that yeah, then, because they talk about, like, how deep the snow gets, and, like, uh, and that's what, like, is most impressive about the giant stallion as he's hauling these stones, it's like he's hauling these stones through this deep snow, um, because, yeah, I mean, like, it's, <laughs> it's real bad, like, winter up there is, like, no joke. Uh, yeah, like there's a reason their enemies are like the frost giants. Like it's not just giants; frost giants are like the main enemy of the gods. And I'm sitting here in Texas in thirty degree thirty degree Fahrenheit weather. Uh, it is literally it is snowing outside my window right now. Uh, I'm glad you're getting snow. I just get the cold wind. Like we've had forty, like like near forty mile an hour wind you, out do you, here. Do you want snow like you did last nights. year? <laughs> no, 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 no. Last year we got enough snow. Um, by the way, uh, because this is this is partial, this is fifty percent my podcast. Um, I can officially say as a Texan, uh, Ted Cruz, you can go fuck yourself, and Greg Abbott, you can go fuck yourself because you nearly destroyed our state and yeah, i but... really hope one day you get to uh have your comeuppance I, 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 I... and get out of get out I, of office I just love... yeah fuck them yeah i i just love how like the rest of the country found out like wait texas is losing power because why and it's like you have 
the Midwest power grid, the Eastern power grid, the Western power grid, and then literally just Texas. And then Texas. <laughs> yep. Why, why is, yeah, it's why like, is Texas don't mess losing with its Texas power? Because Capitalism. We... Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Cause, we, cause you know, our because for some reason the people, a lot of the this is a red because this is a red state and the red state will, will vote for Republicans and the Republicans will just you know destroy the state. Can we catch money? Yes. Then then it's gonna fail. <laughs> like that's. I feel yeah, like because infrastructure costs money and no one wants to spend it on a thing that might happen. Yeah. I just vote that uh, because Ted Cruz uh, is not up for re-election just yet. So I say that if it happens, if we get Snowmageddon 2.0, I vote that we find out where that we find his house and barricade his house inside, oh, we, and then turn off all the electricity. So then he has to experience. Oh, what we we, we do. already know where he lives because there was that picture of where he left his dog when he fucked yeah. off to Ken Coon. <laughs> just his dog is yeah. there in God. the. The doorway. Are these yeah, the no, end we times? Take the dog. Is this we'll, Ragnarok? We'll, we'll... Like, are we here now? <laughs> <laughs> it's it's just as stupid as like. <laughs> we are post Ragnarok, actually. So like, Snowmageddon was Ragnarok. February twenty twenty one was Ragnarok, and we're now January twenty twenty two. We're post Ragnarok, and we are fucking taking I, over. I right do. Now. I do love how like. Were we the people? I do love shit. how like the the. Uh, later versions of Ragnarok are like written to be by like the Christian monks that are trying to uh, convert the Norsemen. Um, they kind of write it. They kind of write Ragnarok where it's like, okay, no, your gods existed, but like your doomsday has happened. And so, like, they're so dead. So your gods are yeah, gone. Yeah, like, they existed. They're just dead right now. So there's this new god that's alive and active that you should be worshipping. And it's like... Uh, yeah. But then Gaiman here is like... But the thing about Ragnarok is that no one actually... If you look at all, like, all tellings of the myths, no one actually knows when Ragnarok mm-hmm. was. Or is or will be. Like, we don't know if it has already happened, if it is currently happening, or if it has yep. yet to happen. So, like, here, Gaiman just assumes that Ragnarok has just not happened yet, and, like, he's telling it in a way of, like, this is most likely what is going to happen yep. in Ragnarok. Yeah, but at the end, there's also a very Adam and Eve kind of vibe of, like, two people living inside the roots of the tree. Like, feels very much, like, in the garden. Yeah. You know, like, there, there's... Yeah. Like, you know... That, that's the thing. When we talk about how we understand Norse mythology, the, there's so much uh, of a Christian lens inextricably like asserted into it because it is like all of it. All of what we know is an inter- an, att- an attempt to interpret or to at the very least understand uh, this other culture's mm. mythology. Um, and, and here we're trying to then add additional layers, you know, modern understandings of mythology and, and, and literature and prose uh, all being applied to it, like trying to make it something that is palatable to a 21st century audience. Um, And it, it, you know, it, it's kind of wonderful. Like there, like this is a prose work, but there's a poetic nature to get to Gaiman's writing. So it feels appropriate to everything that actually came before, you know? Yeah. Like a lot of these works have, um, 
you know, when, when we say it, that, like there's an ancient work of poetry, it doesn't necessarily mean that it, it follows like modern conventions of poetry. Um, typically, it'd be in something like dactylic hexameter and, and you know, uh, rarely in Germanic languages is a rhyme scheme important so much as a meter, like the actual like rhythm to it all. And actually things like um, like alliteration is much more important uh, in in a way that it is not important to romance languages like um like the the reason we have the ability or, or the reason we use mnemonic devices where we like have things like say a peter parker to help us remember what like what the first or last name there is is because in english we like having that rhythm but that's not a thing that's part of french you know it's yeah. <laughs> like that's it's just it's a yeah. innate part of this world which also like uh we will get to this when we eventually have you on again for uh Gaiman's script for um, uh, the Beowulf movie. But, like, in terms of this, uh, in terms of, like, that era of, like, this transition, because, like, the poetic era and the the prose era are are products of that period as well. Um, So I recently learned that, like, runes, yes, the runes were the written language of of, uh, that area of the world. Apparently there was no standardization where they would, like, write it as they said it. So, like, different dialects spell things differently. So, like, mm-hmm. that's one reason why that's why runes are so impenetrable is because it's like, well, what the fuck are they saying here? Like, <laughs> how are they pronouncing this? Yeah, um, and they're, they make a point uh, at the beginning with uh, Odin, you know, sacrificing his eye to... Uh, to attain all, like, to become all-powerful. One of the things that that he is taught by Yggdrasil is how to read yeah. the runes. Yeah, he hangs himself... And yeah, how to read all of them. He hangs himself to himself to then... And then he, the runes are revealed to, to Odin. Um, but then also... Uh, anyway, but the whole thing with um, the, like, 50-year gap in the middle of uh, Beowulf... Um, it's just kind of like Christianity has like kind of more come in uh, into the world by that point, and like the way that yeah, in the game and script, yeah, and yeah, in the game and script specifically, because um, there is that weird kind, of, yeah, like fifty year gap. It's like okay, he did these amazing things fifty years, a dragon shows up and kills him. <laughs> it's like well, okay, well why would the yeah? So it's. Because also, like, the in terms of the original Beowulf, it's like, well, why is this, like, Slavic, like, Norseman tale written in English? Like, because this, like, it's like, it's supposed to be in, um, um, like the... Uh, Denmark, right? Yeah, Denmark, Denmark. It's like, it's like, the, the setting is Denmark, so it's like, why is this written in English? Like, in Old English? Um... Like what? Like well, because those groups were all moving around and interacting yeah. with each other. Yeah, and it's like what? But like, why specifically this tale? Like taking that time to write down in English to like then I guess specifically to then tell to an English speaking audience. Um, I don't know. Well, thinking of all that, like I said, with the uh, when we read uh, Beowulf or when we watch Beowulf, I am going to try and reread it. Uh, read it before we. Uh, Watch it again. Good luck. I read it uh, my junior year of high school. Yeah, but so we never got to that in my high and school. And I got to write a and for I some got, reason. Yeah, um, 
Because my because so because we because weird thing happened for me. Uh, junior year in high school was my last year of English. Uh, so like I essentially I think it was in seventh grade. Seventh grade I skipped seventh grade English and took pre AP, and then from that point on I was yeah. just uh like i like i was in like the advanced classes for english only english because any other subject i'm sh- i'm absolute yeah. shit at uh but when i transferred between sophomore and junior year the school i transferred to didn't have like extra english courses that i could take my senior year so once i got to senior year i didn't have one so i'm the only junior in this senior level class and, like, the first thing we read was, it was all, like, British literature. So it was, or European yeah. literature. Um, because we had, like, we did Lord of the Flies. We did parts of the Canterbury Tales. And we also read Beowulf. Hmm. <laughs> and we also watched Lord of the Flies. We watched A Knight's Tale. Yeah. And we watched Beowulf. Yeah, we watched A Knight's Tale. And, and like, her justification, my teacher's justification was, Jeffrey Chaucer's a character in it. There you go. <laughs> she was just like, but I want to watch this movie because this yeah. movie is cool. She was, she was, she was, she was the teacher who introduced me to The Shining. Like, she, Miss, Mrs. Carl, wherever you are right now, I love you for 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 everything you've done. She's the one who also introduced me to Paddington, and oh, yeah, yeah. you know, she's the best. And like her, her husband was one of the physics teachers. They and they were the cutest couple in the world. Mrs. Carl, you're great. I love you. Um, and yeah, we wa- we watched Beowulf in class and then after it was after uh we finished watching the movie she's like all right now i want you to write an essay on beowulf i don't care what you wh- how you like what, what you, you take from that gl- like glom onto just like write an essay on beowulf and mine was i'm going to compare the movie and the story and i'm going to t- and i'm going to discuss what where i think the movie failed i uh it also like with Beowulf, like, in terms of the impact on Western literature by this point, I I think it's been a slow build because, like, it was kind of unknown. Except for, like, in... Because, like, there's still only the one transcript that we've ever found that almost got burned up. (laughs) Yep. Um, And there are... uh, There there are multiple translations of it, though. Right, but we only have one source document yeah. because there, there's only right. so, yeah, yeah, yeah. there's only yes. so much like old english text in general and like there's this whole period in england where they just did not care and were like using it as like toilet paper and uh, like other stuff like yeah it's yeah it, and and this and beowulf almost got burned uh because the library it was in burned to the ground um yeah but it's, it's 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 like how comics were treated in the early in the early days of comics is that there was no collecting of comics it was yeah. just you read it and you treat it like a newspaper. You throw yeah, it away. Exactly, but specifically Beowulf. Like, what brought uh, J.R.R. Tolkien to fame originally was he gave a lecture on the importance of Beowulf, and it's like this is why this is a significant piece of literature that like we should be studying. Which also, by the way, when you read The Hobbit and the thirteen. Uh, dwarves are listed those are literally lifted right out of fucking beowulf when like a bunch of kings are listed you will see <laughs> buffer buffer <laughs> feely keely right just, just literally just copy paste <laughs> just... 
Well, and there's so many structural things in The Hobbit that are directly lifted from Beowulf. The fact that the conclusion is fighting a giant dragon is yep. like directly a reference to Beowulf. Oh, yeah. And Beowulf in itself, like to tie it back here, like the reason why probably people didn't care as much about it at the time is that it was yet another just taking all these like uh, these themes of the mythology and sort of putting it or contextualizing it in a, a current era of like here are all the kings and so forth actively functioning right now. But like the monsters of Beowulf map one to one to the children of Loki, like Grendel and Fenris map one to one, Hela and the mother map one to one, and then Jormungandr maps one to one with with the dragon at the end. Yeah, 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 exactly. It's, right. Uh, yeah, and I didn't realize that we were going to do a backdoor uh, Beowulf <laughs> minisode. Well, we it's because it is this. all like kind of bound together. Like what what I'm saying here yeah. is that like the, yeah. the thing about these stories is that they have been there are so many permutations and so forth that have been infused into other works that the the by the time we get to the eras of the first the poetic and then later the prose edit was that we need to actually like write down what they what they supposedly were like what's what's the canon you yeah. know like what what is the vulgate here <laughs> like what like yeah. what uh, what is the version that we are going to discuss uh, when we actually are discussing this, these myths, as opposed to how wildly different they they can be over the course of different retellings, um, and in some cases set in different lands. Yeah, which uh, in, in terms of like different interpretations and like different stuff, uh, a friend of mine was telling me that apparently there's a, a, a sect of people that um, in the modern day in 2022 worship. Uh, Apollo, the sun god from Greek mythology, and as such, they hate Lore Olympus's guts because it portrays him as the rapist he is in the original myths. Uh, and it, in terms of, like, uh, I mentioned overly sarcastic productions earlier, um, Red on that channel does really good work in terms of, like, showing like evolution of Greek mythology mainly um and just kind of like how weird it is like how um Dionysus evolved into what he eventually became uh how what Persephone originally was going from Kore to Persephone um and Aphrodite is another great yeah. one there yeah. yeah like mythology is just so fluid especially when you're talking about like these big cultural shifts in some cases, like yeah. when the language that's being spoken is almost unrecognizable, like are the myths themselves going to have any sort of vestige of similarity to what came before? And like the big stuff will, but like there will be so many little like idiosyncrasies that change. Like characters will take on new aspects. Unimportant characters from earlier periods will become way more important. Yeah. Like Zeus was not very important back in the day, the same way Loki started off less important and ascended in popularity. Yeah, it's like what it's, it, you're almost describing like the like the evolution of superhero comics. Oh yeah, no, but I I, I yeah. very much believe that that like superhero comics are like the modern myths in terms of like you can see with Superman specifically, um, kind of coming from like written by two Jewish kids, like both of their parents were um, immigrants, and so you, like you have this like interesting mixture of like uh rising anti-semitism plus like uh so like there's a moses aspect to superman and but then also like you kind of see him 
evolving as he like permeates deeper into the culture and like that version becomes evolves with the times like people say like oh like this is not good and or everything it's like it's what like whatever version like is in your head like that's the thing it's like what's canon is what you want to be it's, canon. The, it's the grant morrison thing of it's yeah, all canon exactly um exa- that's exactly it and like so it depends on whoever gets hold of the character and like writes what they want to write like and frank miller said there's a little little fascism to superman uh you know and grant morrison is which i think it was was it it was one of you two that brought up in 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 the certain POV Discord about like someone's someone's vastly different interpretation of Superman Superman's depiction in The Dark Knight Returns. Oh, I think that was me. Yeah, like that was interesting. Of just kind of like Superman, like the way they read Superman in Dark Knight Returns is just kind of like him still trying to do good and change the world when everybody else gave up. It's not that he's a. Sl- it's not that he's a. Sl- yeah, and and like at the end, he still keep like he he pulls his punches during the fight with Batman, and even before the fight with Batman, he's like telling him like you know I I don't want to fight yeah. you, and then at the end when after after Bruce quote unquote dies, he keeps his yeah. secret. Yeah, yeah, gives a yeah. wink and showing this like you know Superman is still trying is like you know like even though he he is a part of the establishment because he feels he is in that old and kind of in that in the old liberal way of like i want to try and change the system from within yeah, the system but like or not even change the system just keep the system in check yeah. by being within the system yeah like if i wasn't here someone else worse would be in this spot yeah kind of yeah situation. it's like if it's like if i weren't here then you know the 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 innocent civilians of this foreign country would have gotten mm. bombed but and by my own by the country that I live in, but because I'm here, they didn't. I might get yelled at, but who's gonna stop me? Yeah, I mean it, that was certainly a more sympathetic take than what a lot of people have when looking at the Dark Knight Returns, um, since normally that's used as being like, oh look, look, look at Super Cop Superman, um, and this was an attempt at recontextualizing it, where it's like, no, it's it, it it's not so much necessarily, and it, it's certainly a viewpoint. And I don't think that either are necessarily automatically wrong because yeah. Frank Miller also has his own issues so like yeah like no matter what you kind of have to look at it with the death of the author perspective first yeah yeah but you know that that's sort of the point of all of this that these stories keep changing and we keep having to find new meaning and tell it in a way that we can all understand it um and to sort of get back to the book like the book it is such a good way of having all these like little stories and they build appropriately like the the sequence of them is really good in terms of like making sure that the relevant details for the later stories you understand in the earlier ones, mm-hmm. um, you know, such as why does Thor have his hammer? Like <laughs> what's going on with Sif? Like, it, you know, you know, for example, we haven't really talked about it, but like the Sif story is probably the most famous, like from mythology story in this whole chunk. Mm-hmm. Um, like having her hair cut off is pretty well known and is usually like brought up as one of the big differences between uh, like the myths and Marvel. Yeah. Um, but but Gaiman goes through and in this very sort of uh, eloquent way, you know, <laughs> Wikipedia actually has a quote where it's like he's described as seductive for the the audiobook, which is true. <laughs> like uh, it, it lures you in. I mean, that's that's Gaiman in general. I mean, he's a yeah, his, he's a quite a sexy yeah. man. Yeah. English accent, very co- quiet, comforting English accent. 
but but it builds this whole this whole universe for you and then like by and then then it ends it you know you actually see the the end of the story so you see the creation of the world you see a bunch of the the big ticket stories so you have a good sense of what Norse mythology is about but it's still like it's still a storybook like you know like some of the content I wouldn't necessarily want to show to kids but like yeah. um you know a, a, like a 12 year old could pick this book up and like might there might be a few risque bits but like there's like little stories to yeah, read and sort of appreciate. We don't need to show kids the part about Odin shitting mead. <laughs> right? Yeah. A kid, no, a kid would love that as, as a giant a eagle. Kid would love that. Yeah, that's kids a... would love that. But do we need to show it to them? Probably not. Yeah. But but, but yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. Like this does have this storybook quality quality to it, and the fact that he didn't even set out for this to be one long cohesive story. It was just. Here's a st- like writing a story whenever he felt felt the need to write the story, yeah. and then eventually writing Ragnarok as the last one, and then realizing, oh, if I put all of these together in the order that they were originally intended, it it really is just one giant story. It it become it just becomes almost really just becomes like yeah. a novel. Uh, I I would hesitate to say originally intended, but I would say that when you put them in a, in a sequence that. Uh, builds and adds information appropriately, you know, because like all these stories, like, right. like there, I don't know if there was an intent to be like, well, you have to know this story first, because yeah, like no. it's just common knowledge that Thor has a hammer. So yeah. like, do you need to hear the story about how he got the hammer? It does if you're telling someone who doesn't have that common knowledge. Yeah. But like, if you were part of the right. culture at the time, you wouldn't need that story to come first. You, it could come wherever. Yeah. Like. I mean, like, what, which is to say, they're all standalone stories, but they do build. Yeah, it's. I mean, like, I mean, also with yeah, the and, hammer because they also like, and also like with the hammer thing. Like, I think that's one of the biggest bits of like jewelry we find all the time in terms of like when we're able to excavate uh, Norse uh, villages. It's like oh, just a bunch of like Thor necklaces or charms or like uh, of Mjolnir. Like that was a big. Uh, that was a big thing to do was to like wear charms uh, of Mjolnir, which also like yeah. I, I mean, it certainly was the most popular deity in their lore. Mm-hmm. Just like uh, Thor and Loki are like ultimately, but like Thor so much so. But Thor and like when you think of it as the storm itself is the one that announces his presence the most. Mm-hmm. You know, like a thunderstorm shows up like that's Thor. You might take for granted that the sun rose, but you're not taking for granted that a thunderstorm is here. Yeah. Yeah. And also like with, you know, I I don't know. I don't know if this is, if this is canon to the myths, but I know this is canon to his depiction in, in Marvel comics. Thor was the one, it was really like the one God who would come down to Midgard and like fight alongside Vikings. So that's so that's why usually he was the one that that the humans of Midgard like knew so well is because that he visited he, like he just enjoyed being around human beings. He, he enjoyed being around mortals yeah, on Midgard. I mean, he's certainly that traveling strongman type, like mm-hmm. that archetype that informs Hercules, that informs, you know, Enkidu. Like it's the this idea of a character who will you know it's it's very much like here's this wandering like alpha male type that like all mythology kind of gloms onto it's like they got add so they can't stick around for too long they like to go hunt you'll (laughs) you'll just stumble across them in the woods some at some point and they'll do something really cool or they might do something really terrible yeah but don't piss them off whichever one try to keep them on your side yeah right and that's true for all these characters 
Yeah, because, like, because, uh, like, even Loki, like, does some, like, like, like in terms of, like, that kid uh, with the goat story, is, like, there's absolutely no reason Loki needs to fuck with this kid. Like, this kid hasn't done anything to Loki. He's just, like, I'm bored. Hey, kid, come here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> come here, I'm gonna fuck yeah. your life right. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Loki can get away with it, at least to an extent, yeah. because he has a lot of contracts in place that makes him untouchable until he goes too far. Yeah, which is killing Boulder. Yep, and then he gets... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, which he also also yeah. has really no reason to want to happen. Um, I also... Well, I... You know, okay, here. so here's my interpretation with, with, with how Loki yeah. ends up. I think the the taking basically the the imprisonment uh, of his children kind of sets off that chain of events yeah. for him, and why he becomes such a dark character by the end, by the time Ragnarok happens, by the time he basically causes Ragnarok. It's because they imprisoned his children who had really done nothing well, wrong, except that their very existence wasn't. They imprisoned was one. Wrong. They let. Jormungandr go, who then grows to encircle the entirety of Midgard. Hell, they make a queen. And then they put hell. Hell, like, they make a queen. It's like, hey, you want a yeah. job? And she's like, sure. <laughs> uh, yeah. Fidris is the only one that they really fuck over. That they really imprison. Yeah. And I feel it, like, but I feel like just that, that in and of, that whole situation in and of itself kind of set off a chain of events that really force like made loki feel as though it is like the god is like you know what the gods are not at like even though like i am here as a blood brother to odin um you know they're they, they still have a perfect opportunity to to actually fuck me over because i'm not real like i'm with them but i'm not really with them so I'm going to fuck them over before they do that. Uh, I mean, me. Assassin's Creed Valhalla definitely also takes that interpretation. Um, where in their retelling uh, of the myths, yeah, like, uh, in that one, Odin, I think, just kills Fenris. Uh, and Loki is just like, mm. alright, fuck you. Like, <laughs> uh, you know. I'm gonna kill your favorite son, and or I'm I'm gonna make one. I'm gonna make one of your sons kill your kill your yeah. favorite son. Yeah, the poor bind bastard. But then, of course, I'm gonna get imprisoned. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. Uh, th- there was <laughs> the did, poor blood uh, bastard. Did either of y'all read the web comic? Um, oh crap! I'm forgetting. I think it may have been called like Baby Valhalla or something. I t- I forget exactly what it, but no. it was like. It was this really. It was this really interesting comic where like most of the gods were kids, um, and uh, in terms of like I guess a break for the artist, they would have Hod as a character. Like they would have like a Hod comic, where it was black boxes with text over it because he's blind. Blind, right? Yeah, and so it's just and so like that'd be like okay, like I'm writing a new comic, but like I don't have to draw it. So here's just these black boxes, um, <laughs> which was pretty. But like, yeah, because there was there was Hod in there, Loki, Thor, uh, and like Odin and Freya were like the adults trying to like wring them all together, wrinkle them all together. Um, but it was a, 
I something Valhalla. I forget it, but it was really it was really good. Um, yeah, I mean, I think suffice it to say, like Norse mythology is such a wealth of information for storytelling purposes. Like, there's so much crazy stuff that happens in it with all this like very clear metaphor going on and this like I- interesting politics that doesn't really exist in other courts of like or other pantheons. Like, while th- while there is internal strife in the Greek pantheon, it doesn't have as like clear a like clear an agent of chaos as loki like yeah. that it's such an interesting part of that and like it you could really feel it being like court intrigue like like some you know some viceroy or some advisor or some like hand of the king type character in some real court could have very much inspired a particular act and you know a lot of mythology is like individual actions of people throughout history lumped together until they become an arch- like an archetypal figure yeah. um i mean like arthur is like five and, like, guys probably like Right. Yeah, exactly. Like, pro- like probably the labors of Hercules were all different people doing one particular thing that got lumped together into a codified, like, here's the labors kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like the all, you know, Norse mythology has a lot of that going on, but it has retained um, a, a lot of the bickering and stuff that you wouldn't really tell kids, you know, like that, that I think oftentimes is, is an aspect there. Like a lot of these are instructional tools and so forth and trying to explain like politics is not a thing that we, you normally start with. You get there like that's more like an adult conversation. Um, but part of that, I think, is by virtue of the fact that like Norse mythology is a younger mythology than a lot of the ones that we typically discuss. You know, if yeah. you're going to compare it with like Egyptian mythology, it like ain't like Egypt was gone for 4000 or, or Egypt of the eras that we are discussing was gone for like 3000 years before uh before now versus like yeah. Norse mythology, like we're talking about 1500 years ago. Yeah. You know, it's a very different window that we're looking at. Yeah, exactly. But I, I think there's also like a wildness in a, just like because of the area it came from, plus the like limited sources, like at least with um, like Egyptian mythology, we have a bunch of tombs with like, uh, with myths on the walls or, like, books of the dead. Because, like, uh, unlike, in, unlike in the Mummy movie, with the, the, the classic 1999 movie, uh, there are multiple books of the dead. And, like, each, uh, if you find an intact tomb, each tomb has a book of the dead that would be given to the mummy. Um... And so, like, we have all of those different bits and pieces of this, of sources compared to, like, really only have two or three <laughs> points intact for Norse mythology. Right. And part of that is that we got lucky both with their means of, of preserving their text was clay tablets, which actually last really long relative to things like vellum. Yep. Um, and also we got lucky in that we had the Rosetta Stone and we were able to interpret a lot of this because for a long time yep. we couldn't. Um, and there's plenty of text that we can't from that era. Like Bronze Age text, tons of it, we have no idea what it says. Linear A, no idea. Yeah. Uh, linear it's... B, we have a fairly good idea, uh, but most of that is because it's like fairly dry information about like weather reports and like yep. here's our earnings for the year kind of stuff I, <laughs> I, 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 listen do not do not underestimate uh weather reports because that is what allowed uh that is what allowed us to crack uh the enigma machine because each morning at 6 a.m they would the nazis would send out a weather report 
and they would say, Heil Hitler, here's the weather. <laughs> and like, so we had that one point, okay, we know what this first slide says, so we can translate the code for the rest of the day. <laughs> it snowed that day. What's the word for snow in here? Yeah, like, yeah exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so like, you know, it's like we were alluding to, like the, the, the area of the world that they were in, uh, the time that they were in, mm. like literacy was not particularly valued. So a lot of this was being passed on as oral tradition. The, the things that actually were written down was in a language that was in a wild state of flux and was being preserved on, you know, papyrus is not something you can get <laughs> in Northern Europe. Yeah. Like it's a very hard thing to make because it only grow like, like that, that uh, the, the reeds only grow in pr certain parts of the world. Yeah. Uh, cool. Vellum, which is, um, making paper basically out of animal hide is also like it's kind of a hard process to do uh yeah. be relatively speaking because it, and like you need to make sure that you're writing a thing that is definitely worth it to write it on yeah. and can also be reused which means yeah. that they may have written it down and then wiped it away and then uh because you can like scrape off the layer uh, and then wrote something else on it because it was more important at the time. Yeah. And again, if it's all common knowledge at the time, who cares about preserving it for history? Right. It's the it's the reason why old comic books are now valuable because no one fucking cared. Yeah. So, like, so they just threw them away or it was stuff for kids. So, you know, looking at Norse mythology, there's only so many sources that survived and there's only so much information about it all. Um, and the fact that we do is honestly only because it's so close to our time that we have the, the legacy that we do. Yeah. Uh, Cause Gaiman is talking about in interviews where like, there's so many and like the original prose and poetic edits, there's like so many hints at like, cause like we know most of the goddesses of Norse mythology, like only a couple of stories. Like there's so mm -hmm. many stories centered around the goddesses that are just like a line it's like oh yeah then they did this or like when you know this goddess got this and it's like well okay what's that story don't know <laughs> they yeah. would have known we don't <laughs> right and and again part of that is then the lens like the 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 western european lens that was would be then going on to preserve this all way more patriarchal than the, the actual viking society was like yeah, yeah sure like the, the Norse has a structure of like big, dumb, brutish men, but they're not actually necessarily the main movers. Like Freya has a, like while they kind of fuck with her a bit, uh, has a lot of power in the court yeah. uh, The like the women have a lot of power traditionally in like Viking cultures. Yeah, the but then the yeah. people talking about them yeah. are the people who are like, oh, but only men matter because that's like the, you know, the Western Christian idea. Yeah. Yeah, blame Eve, so fuck women. Yeah. Right. Uh, which is not what this book does. Like the, yeah. the, oh, yeah. like, the book does not spend a lot of time with female characters, but we do spend a decent amount of time with Freya relative to other players. Like, like Balder gets very little time here, but is one of the better known by name gods of Norse mythology. Yeah. Uh, well, because his death sets least, off Ragnarok. It's like, all right. Well, exactly. Yeah. That's the that's yeah. the that's the the lighting of the fuse. Like, all right, let's. Uh, yeah. So you know, I think this is a really with, whenever we nice do get to... look at a a very complicated period of history and mythology. Yeah, I I, I loved it. I was I'm glad I finally got to got a chance to read it, or rather, uh, listen to Neil Gaiman perform it, um, which I highly recommend everyone check out and like check out. 
the the audiobook for this. Oh yeah, it 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 definitely really adds great. to the <laughs> to the pros. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh Yeah, it's it's yeah, it's definitely just an interesting bit uh in terms of just like cuz like I mean also like the thing about Gaiman in terms of like eventually when we talk about um American Gods and Anansi Boys um he has been sitting with these and like thinking about these myths and characters for like his entire life. Like, yeah, he grew up with Thor comics and then started reading. Like he said, he read, uh, the books, the, his copy of the Norse myths so much. I think it like started to fall apart. I think he said, um, he, he like, he read it a bunch. Uh, and like also kind of similar with, uh, Anansi is like, he grew up with those, stories and like that's why he wrote Anansi Boys um and then uh yeah so it's I think it's an interesting example because he very much thinks about the nature of stories and then uses that to write stories um and I think that's very much kind of the very much what he does with these myths uh, and like what makes these relevant today, what made them relevant to the people of the time. Um, how do I balance th- that two, those two aspects? Yeah. Uh, so I think that I, yeah, go ahead, JD. No, I was just gonna, I was just gonna say, I, yeah, I agree. And I love that. So yeah, we should end this. <laughs> yeah. I, I think that's a good place to We've wrap been it up. talking for a while. Uh, I think that's a good place to wrap it up. Um, we can maybe edit this part out, but, uh, yeah. So I, uh, like right now, um, as of right now, I know you can definitely listen to, uh, the Ministeel episode we guessed it on the second part of the, of, uh, the Miracle Man two-parter that was over on, uh, Case's podcast, uh, Ministeel. Um, yeah, that finally dropped. I, <laughs> I felt so bad. It was yeah. getting plugged, and I was like, oh, it's still got, like, two months before it's going to drop, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah, I was I was listening to it uh, on Friday, and I was, uh, for, for context, uh, listeners, we're recording this, uh, the like, the weekend that that, that episode yeah. dropped. I was listening to it and hearing that, like, oh, hey, Comics Quest is back, and I'm like, no, it's not. <laughs> not anymore. <laughs> Fables and Reflections is full time, buddy. Um, but I well, and also I I still will say this in terms of like I don't know when listeners are listening to this, but also I mean you should subscribe to Mid Steel anyway. It's a great show. But also, yeah. you should. Very soon we are recording another episode about Superman for all seasons. I don't know when that is scheduled, but keep an eye out for that. That's a uh, upcoming sometime <laughs> yep the fable the fnr babies are back baby yeah, yeah i'll try to I'll, I'll probably try to put that a few episodes back from your appearance for the miracle man one uh but we're right now just <laughs> trying to like bank a few because oh, you yeah, know it's no, nice to absolutely. nice to be ahead absolutely oh fair. yeah we're, that is ex- we're in the we're in the process of banking yeah, that as well is exactly what we're doing uh but little little peek behind the curtain uh for for production uh yeah bank banking putting stuff in the can is the hardest part i feel like 
is the hardest part, but also when, when it's all done, it's it feels it so good. Oh yeah, like, just like when, when you can I can, be like, oh, like, I'm busy for two weeks in a row, and I don't need to worry about something. Oh my god, it's amazing! Like ha- having your storehouses in the wintertime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. <laughs> it's a Christmas miracle. Uh, so anyway, thank you so much for coming on, Case. Uh, yeah. Very yeah, thank no, thank you. Like I pre-ordered this man. book when it was first announced, yeah. and I actually did not have a chance to read it until I read it for for this episode so i was really glad to have that excuse um and it it like uh, it it was just a lovely book to read and i love looking at at game and stuff and i unfortunately don't have enough opportunities to do that so i really appreciate uh you having me on and uh yeah just thanks this was a a great chat yeah well we thank you for for coming on yeah and uh, bef- and before we, we 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 talk about what's what's what our upcoming attractions are, uh, case, um, if if the listeners here don't know who you are, where can where can they find you on the internet, and what have you got going on? Sure. Uh, so I am uh, part of the CPOV or the Certain Point of View Podcast Network. Certain POV. We're, our branding is uh, getting a little refined at the moment. We actually just had a, a meeting yesterday where yes, yes, we, uh, we were like, all right, yeah, let's uh, let, let's consolidate some more of it to be Certain POV. Uh, specifically but i host two shows on the network uh that are currently running which is men of steel which we just mentioned uh which is a superman and superman adjacent uh appreciation podcast and then another pass which is a show where we look at movies and uh try to speculate on improvements that could have been made at the time of production or every five episodes we look at one that had a lot of issues that they were able to make work in spite of the uh issues with production oh also Um, and so I, I, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but real quick to plug a specific episode of Another Pass, uh, you've already covered Neil Gaiman's Beowulf on that. That's true. On that podcast. Uh, uh, and coming up soon, we'll be doing a 13th Warrior one where I brought in a friend of mine who is an actual medievalist, oh, uh, oh, like nice. he's a college professor for medieval studies, uh, <laughs> so that we could have those kind of conversations. There, so there you go. Uh, yes, I have, I, yeah, that is an episode I'm, to listen I'm to. Oh, to yeah. that one. I'm looking forward to that one. I, I am a nerd that's good at making friends with other nerds who might be better nerds at specific topics. So like my like omni geek status is like, oh, I, I dabble in everything yeah, yeah. allows me to like bring on people who know <laughs> actually a lot more than I do about those specific stuff. Uh, so those are all fun ones to have on that. Uh, but yeah, like I mean, Beowulf was a ton of, ton of fun to talk about on that with uh, with Ben Milton, who was one of the founders of the certain POV network. Um, but just yeah, just just love chatting and all that stuff like it's. That's why we podcast, right? So we can have these like fun conversations. Yeah, exactly. Which, which, by the way, the 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 expert thing that is also partially why I was so glad you agreed to this episode. Because <laughs> you know, uh, <laughs> like I, like only the past like year or two have I like been getting into like this specific area of the world's uh, like history and mythology, um, uh, which being a which I like I want to get like things for like merch or like stuff like that but it's just like i can't go too deep because racists ruin everything yeah there's uh <laughs> yeah that was a thing that we danced around today um that we haven't really wanted to bring up and nor do i want to give too much air to it but yeah, yeah. there's certainly a lot of people who take the wrong lessons from this mythology and uh yeah. interpret it the wrong way and i don't i, I don't like them i don't i yeah. don't like those people yeah this, the stance of this podcast is racism sucks, and if you can, please go punch yeah, a Nazi it, today. Uh, it, it does ruin everything. Although I did love when uh, the Loki show came out. Like, so many so many mythology nerds were like, Loki fucked a horse. 
for like two weeks. Because <laughs> it was like, everyone's wanted like, oh, he likes boys. Yeah, yeah. It's like, no, and no, no, it's no. like Loki fucking. Yeah, him. he's done a weirder shit than, like, like, being bisexual is not weird. Fuck out a horse. He, him fucking a horse yeah. is weird. <laughs> not even. Not- Makes me think of the Troy McClure episode of Simpsons where he uh, where he marries Selma. And it's just like, are you gay? Oh, God, if only. Like, what I have is a, a sexual deviancy that is so <laughs> abhorrent that it can never be said out loud. <laughs> no, that also reminds me of the Dean and Community yeah. where they're like, where they're like trying to call him gay and he's like look gay only covers like an eighth of what of uh, what, like, what i am well, i know like, I, I specifically love that character because there's one episode where like he accidentally watches something online he's like oh i hope this doesn't it's in the first season it's yeah, the dalmatian yeah, yeah. Like, thing i hope this doesn't awaken something in me <laughs> and it does and then the season finale is like he calls in not one but two like Dalmatian, uh, like like furry people to come to the 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 cranny dance, as he puts it, the transfer dance, and and then he's just like, I didn't know both of you. I didn't think more than one person was going to accept the ad, and then he's just dancing with both of them by the yep. end. Yep, yeah, the dean has some Loki energy there. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. <laughs> uh. What we're saying is that Jim Rash should play a variant of Loki at oh God, some point in Loki should. season two. Absolutely. Like we love, he kind of did all in Sky the, High. All the other. Was he in Sky <laughs> High? It's been so long. He was in Sky High. He was the. Uh, yeah, he was. Yeah, the, I mean, he's the, just the like a generic supervillain, but like he, uh, he's got that kind of vibe, <laughs> shall we say? Like he was in a jester costume and was the sidekick to Royal yeah. Pain. Uh, yeah, Daddy's which we, we talked about Sky High on Men of Steel. Great, that was a great episode. <laughs> great movie. Yeah, it's a great movie. Great episode. I rewatched that movie like right after listening to that episode. And I was like, oh yeah, this movie still slaps. Like that was a movie I rewatched a ton when I was a kid, and I was so happy that y'all did an episode and like made me go back and rewatch it. And I was like, yeah, this movie like I think, it it like I it think slaps. the production design put me off just a teeny bit to where like I didn't want to revisit it too much. Um, cause it, have you since revisited it? It's been, it, I haven't, it's been ages, but like, I remember, you really should. Like, it, it really like, holds I up. I remember that like Bruce Campbell plays the gym teacher. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Not, um, oh, I am. Wonder Woman is the principal. Yeah, and then I am blanking on, um, he was in Kurt Russell and Kelly Kurt Preston Russell. are, yeah. uh, rest in- Yeah. Rest in peace, Kelly Preston. Yeah, and so it's just like this stacked, weirdly stacked cast for like. Yeah, it's a weird movie, but it does Greg from Succession well. isn't there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, it, it holds up pretty I'm well. Saying yeah. that as someone who's never watched an episode uh, of Succession. One last announcement in terms of uh, we already kind of alluded to it. Uh, by the time this episode drops, uh, y'all should follow the newly established uh, certain POV Twitch channel. Where I will have by the, not by then hosted the uh, first game night where we uh, play have played Among Us, um, with uh, which I almost attended, but I woke up late and I had to make dinner, so yeah, I did not uh, attend. Fair, uh, yeah, fair. It's a, you say, when you say woke up late, like you you work overnights and it was like the meeting was at like two, so I was like, yeah, JD's asleep. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> Well, I just mean like the to attend the actual oh, game yeah, night. Yeah. Like you texted me, you're like, "Hey, do you want to come on?" And I was like, 
I would, but I just woke up. I woke up later than I thought I was going to, and I need yeah. to make dinner. So Well, no, that's up, yeah. it's upcoming. It's the 29th of January. It's like in two weeks. Anyway, we'll talk about that oh. off mic. <laughs> yeah. Long story short, CPOV <laughs> okay. is trying to, like, get out there and, like, do a lot of stuff. Like, we have YouTube content that I've been doing a lot of. Angela's taking the lead on the Twitch stuff. Like, yep. we're, we're trying to get stuff out there. And we're really happy that Fables and Reflections is a part of our network. Yeah, and I'm just standing over here going, read more comics, guys! It's cool! Correct. Uh, yes. I'm just shouting. I'm, I'm shout, I like, shout, like, I'm out here with yeah, the yeah. bullhorn in my... In, in like my many many comic book t-shirts that yeah. i have it's it's like who, what's it gonna be is it superman is it swamp thing who knows it's one of them though which uh which i mean yeah well speaking of comics our the next episode of this uh show will be is a comic, is a comic. uh, uh we're, we're diving back we're getting into episode three of our sandman no. read no that's uh we're diving episode. into volume two <laughs> The next, the next no. episode, the previous episode of Sandman, the next episode is going to be whatever happened to the Cape Crusader. Oh, that's right. <laughs> I got our scheduling mixed up. Yeah, yeah that's well, we right. Went, we went back and forth. <laughs> we just, we just reshuffled the schedule. We did back and forth. And also we are peek behind the curtain. We were recording this out of order. Uh, before <laughs> last, uh, the last yeah. episode. Before, before the last episode. Because and before that's the how next banking episodes. works. Yep. Yeah, time is a lake. Right. Yes. It's so, fine. <laughs> yes, time is a lake. Um, as we as we found out, uh, from Rachel, as we I found out from Rachel, who found out from an actual uh, astrophysicist, yeah. like it, you know, time is time is yeah. actually a lake. Yep. Um, so thank you for that. But yeah, so next time we are going to have not one but two Correct. guests to come on, uh, for Batman Week, and we're discussing the two issue story whatever happened to the caped crusader from you have it's an issue of batman an issue of detective comics following uh the the major dc event final crisis uh where in which neil gaiman and andy kubert um yeah they 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 try to answer the question whatever happened to the which Crusader. I, I i do love like because neil gaiman's a little bit younger than alan moore there's certain there's certain things he kind of echoes from Moore's work, and this being like whatever happened to the Man of Tomorrow. This is kind of like in that vein, but yep. very, very game and <laughs> very, very game esque. Like completely, complete left turn from whatever happened to the Man of Tomorrow. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. it's, it gets weird. It's it's a very weird two issues, but brilliant. Uh, I mean, we can say that about literally any game and thing yeah. now. It's like, it takes a weird yeah, turn. Very, yeah, Everything he, he does. You know, he, he never loses you. He never, uh, in my opinion. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway. Uh, thank, you once, thank you once again, Case, for uh, guessing. Check out certainpov.com for, like, a bunch of great other podcasts. Um, check out the Twitch channel. Uh, yeah. So, until next time. Yeah. Bye. I've heisted my way to the bestseller list once again. And the most brilliant part is, I don't even know how to read. 
Thank you to my big brother, Sean Bullock, for our theme. You can check out his work at seanbullock.com. And the wonderful Nikki Burger for our logo, who you can find on Twitter at DoubleBurger and on Instagram at DoubleBurgerComics. For updates, sharing your thoughts, or if you just want to yell at us, check out the show on Twitter and Instagram at F&RPod. And you can find me on Twitter at JD underscore Martin underscore. And you can check me out on Twitter at BullockBits, where you can find info to my comics, history Instagram, and cat Instagram. And come hang out with us on the show's Discord. Check out the links to everything in the episode's description. Including our wonderful guest info. Whoever that may be. Below. That's good. Hey, all you amazing sentient beings. This is Case Aiken from Certain POV. And outside of podcasting, I work with a group that does Star Trek fan films called Starship Farragut. For 15 years, we've been doing material inspired by the original Star Trek series. But now we're moving on to the movie era with our latest production, Farragut Forward. And that means new sets, new props, and we're going to have to make those monster maroon uniforms. So we have a crowdfunder running right now. Backers can get access to our soundtracks, have their names show up on screen as part of a duty roster, or even get a walk-on roll. Our hope is that this is just the beginning, and that the assets we create with the money we raise will go towards future productions, including possibly a sequel that may just be written by a certain scruffy, nerf-hurting Man of Steel who'll take another pass at it. Wink, wink. To back the production, go to Indiegogo and look up Farragut Forward, or find us on Twitter at Farragut1921. And hey, while you're at it, check out the three-minute prologue we put together to show what we can do. But in the meantime, live long and prosper. This March, get ready for two weeks of The Bat. Two weeks of vengeance. Two weeks of The Dark Knight Fortnite. CPOV. CertainPOV.com.